You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Jesus, at the time of the text, was imparting to his disciples wisdom. We need wisdom. Wisdom, in one sense, is the impartation of knowledge and understanding. It's imperative for us to have wisdom or knowledge and understanding because we don't want to tell folks that we are children of God and we're ignorant. That does not fit, saying that we are children of God, but, but we're ignorant. If God is omniscient, are all knowing and we are heirs of God we should be people of knowledge and understanding we should possess wisdom and in order to possess divine wisdom it is imperative that we be taught and receive what God is revealing to us from his holy writ. It's important that, that we receive it. And there are times to where what God says may be a hard saying to receive because we are looking at it from a human standpoint. But we have to understand that when God is teaching us, one of the things that is going to take place is transformation. We're going to be changed. Breaking it down, God intends to change our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. He expects us to receive teaching that will ultimately change our lives for the better. And that's what I want. Is that what you want? So even when it's a hard saying, you still have to receive it and recognize that when you apply it to your life, it's going to cause transformation for the better. And again, we want to be changed for the better. We want our thoughts, our words, and our deeds to be according to the will of God. 
And, and so upon giving them wisdom, he opens up here in John uh, 14 and 15, saying to his disciples, if you love me, keep. Then he makes it personal. My commandments. Keep or do what I command you to do. My means, in one sense, based upon the text, that he was going to tell them something personal. And though it was going to be personal, it was still going to be a commandment or an order. Now, breaking it down, when it comes to a commandment, a commandment based upon the text is a divine prescription. A prescription is a remedy. So he was going to give them personal commandments or prescriptions that would remedy certain things in their life as well as remedy certain things that may come forth in their life. And it's nothing like having a remedy to whatever may ail you. It's nothing like having something to take care of whatever is trying to oppose your mind. Nothing like having a remedy in order to deal with the pressures of life. Nothing like having a remedy in, in order to deal with folks that's hating on you. Some of y'all ain't getting happy about it, but I'm happy that God thinks enough about his disciples that he he is going to give us remedies in order to deal with whatever ails us, whatever may come our way, or whatever may challenge or oppose us on a daily basis. And and but but he he knew in giving them commandments or uh, remedies. That in order for them to carry out the commands, it was going to take some love. I said it was going to take some love. If you love me, keep my commandments. And see, love in the verse represents commitment. You have to be committed to keeping what God tells you to keep. Have to be committed to thinking the way God tells you to think. Talking the way he tells you to talk. Doing what he tells you to do. God did not want them to be uh, performing the commands one day and then skipping them the next day. Didn't want them to become Sunday type disciples. Wanted them to be disciples Sunday from Sunday. 24-7. If you love me. Keep my 
prescriptions. Do what I tell you to do and you're going to have a remedy, a remedy is for everything that pops up in your life. And how many know God will give you something to deal with whatever comes your way? If it's sickness, he'll give you a remedy. If it's heartache, he'll give you a remedy. If it's hard times, he'll give you a remedy. If it's poverty, he'll give you a remedy. Whatever comes up in your life, God can give you something to deal with it. That's the reason on God's resume uh, is this right here. There is nothing too hard for him. Now, Sarah questioned that or wondered about that when God told her husband, Abraham, that he was going to perform a miracle. Sarah Sarah had never heard of such, and she laughed about it. And so God had to ask, ask the question, is there anything too hard for me? Say to your neighbor, there is nothing too hard for him. Well, I, I may not get you to say it if you really don't believe it. But if you believe that, tell one more person, there is nothing too hard for God. Good God, that sound is so good. Tell one more person, there is nothing too hard for God. It may be too impossible or too hard for somebody, but it's not too hard for God. Oh, most of us have a saying, God can do anything but... God can do anything but... God can do anything but because when we look at our lives, we know God can handle hard cases. I said when we look at our lives, we know God can handle hard cases. Don't try to act like you wasn't no hard case. Yeah, you look good right now. You cleaned up well from the floor up. Yeah, you looking real nice. You looking, you looking first grade. You looking A plus. But you ain't always look like you look. You ain't always live where you live. You ain't always had something that rattled in your pocket. You ain't always had something you could fall. You ain't always been able to go to the closet and pick out what you want oh good God from Zion you are a hard case I said you are a hard case it took Jesus to clean you up it took Jesus to straighten you up you ought to tell somebody if it be true he talking about me how many know you are a hard case and it took him to clean you up it took him to straighten you up He can do anything save. He can do anything save. If you love me. I need you to keep my commandments. And when you keep his commandments. When you follow the will of God. Based upon the text, Jesus will pray that the Father sends you a helper. If you love me, keep my commandments and I'm going to pray to the Father so you can get another helper. So you can get somebody that's not just going to be with you 
or in your company, but somebody that's going to dwell on the inside of you. See, when Jesus was on earth, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't be with the disciples as a person all the time. When they went home, Jesus did, didn't go home with them. They went their separate ways. But Jesus said, look, that, that's going to change if you keep my commandments. Because I'm going to pray. And I'm going to send you another help. Or ask the Father to send you another help. And see, you have, you have to understand, it, it was not just a normal helper. Because you know, if, if it's a normal person helping you, folk can be a trip. Yeah, you, you, you know how some folk just start out real good helping you. Whatever you ask them, to, oh yeah, you sat right there, I got it. Don't you even bother yourself by getting up now. Sit right there. I'm going to go get it for you. Say your neighbor folk funny. You, you got some folk for four or five days. They'll just be dedicated to helping you. But then after about two and a half weeks. You ask them to get something for you, what's wrong with your hand? You can't, you can't get up. Some, some of us should have shouted because we have been like that. You, you ever got tired of helping somebody? And initially, you wouldn't tell them face to face. You'd be walking out like, she needs to learn how to do stuff on her own. But then you get so fed up to where you just have to just say it. Folk are funny when it comes to helping you. They will start out on fire even in the church. Pastor God has chose me to be a minister. Well, you know, if you're going to be a minister, that means you got to help me. You got to help the church. Pastor, whatever you need, I'll be right here. First couple of months, they up clapping their hands. They smiling. They laughing. High-fiving folk. They beat you to the church you go into. Evening service. They at the church before you get there. But then six months, I don't let them get their license. Or get promoted in ministry. Next thing you know, I, I, we didn't see you. I had stuff to do. Yeah, but when you didn't have that paper, you didn't have nothing to do. You were a helper. That's another subject. Look at somebody and say, but folk will change on you. But, but Jesus said, I'm going to send you a helper. That's going to abide with you. Get this. Forever. The implication, I'm going to send you a divine help. 
And if the helper is divine, if the helper is God, that means the helper ain't going to change. That, that means however the helper starts out, that's how the helper going in. If the helper helps you on Monday, the helper will help you on Tuesday. I'm going to send you not a regular helper, not somebody that's sometime. I'm going to send you a divine helper. I'm going to send you, Peter, somebody just like me. I'm going to send you somebody that's not going to leave you nor forsake you, but is going to be with you always. Say to your neighbor, that's the type of helper we need. You don't need somebody that's going to be up one minute and down the next. You don't need somebody that's going to be patting you on the back one minute and then stabbing you in the back the next minute. And understand this, when it comes to a bona fide helper, biblically speaking, the first thing it speaks about such a helper is that that helper is going to be a comfort. I said a comfort. Matter of fact, in the King James Version, it calls the helper the comforter. Literally, to comfort means to strengthen completely. You know, we get weak in this life. I said we get weak in this life and we need some strength. So basically Jesus was saying, I'm, I'm going to send somebody to you that when you get weak in, in, in the fight, that the person going to give you the strength you need in order to finish it. I'm going to send you somebody that when you are frail in your body or you are going through a weak time in your mind, that this person is going to strengthen you in your mind, in your body, or primarily in every aspect of your life. He's going to strengthen you completely. And, and the reason I'm breaking this down and explaining it in such a way is because some of us who possess the Holy Spirit, we don't rely on Him to strengthen us in such a way. But you need to start relying on the Spirit of God to strengthen you in every aspect of your life. If you get to going through it in your mind, if you get to going through some pain and some suffering in your body or what happens, have you you need to rely on the spirit of God or the helper to strengthen you completely I don't care what it is if the helper is divine there is nothing you can go through that he cannot help you with I said there is nothing you can go through that he cannot help you with will you tell somebody for me the divine helper can help you in every aspect of your life but you got to let him help you. You've got to let him have his way in your life. Why is that? Because you can actually quench the Holy Spirit. That's the reason Paul warned the church, quench not the Holy Spirit. You can actually stop the Holy Spirit from doing what he was sent into your life to do. He was sent to help you in every aspect, but you can actually hinder, alter, or stop him from helping you in every aspect of your life. 
Oh God, I need some folk that understand the teaching to tell somebody whatever you do, don't stop the Holy Spirit from working on you. Don't stop the Holy Spirit from helping you. Let him help you when it comes to your job. Let him help you when it comes to the pressures of life. Let him help you when it comes to what's going on in your body. Let him help you when it comes to what's going on in your mind. Let him help you in every aspect of your life. Don't you dare allow your aunt to do what the Holy Spirit was sent to do. Don't you dare allow your doctor to have the final say when God himself has the final say. Let the Holy Spirit help you. Good God, if you agree with the teaching, high five somebody and tell them I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit have his way. Well, I'm just going to let him have his way from my crown to the sole of my feet. Well, I'm just going to let him have his way, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. I'm just going to let him have his way when I feel pain up and down my body. I'm just going to let him have his way when I get a bad report. I'm just going to let him have his way whenever something arises in my life. Am I talking about you? I'm going to send you a divine helper. And see, a true helper will make everything better. Woo! Good God from Zion. I said a true helper will make everything A true helper will make everything But again, you can't quench him. You got to step out the way sometime and let him work. You got to open up your ears and let him talk to you. Let him tell you what steps to take. When you get a bad report, don't go in there and let them tears start leaping out. Just ask the Holy Spirit what to do. Holy Spirit, you see the report. What do I need to do? I don't want to get in the flesh and start believing all what they're saying. What do I need to do, Holy Spirit? And he will give you instruction. I'm telling you firsthand. He will tell you step one, two, three. Step one, two, and three. And if as a ten step process, he'll give you every step. He'll strengthen you completely. And he'll make everything better. Say to your neighbor, everything better. Can you imagine that everything back? He goes on and he tells them. But the world can't receive him. Sinners can't receive him. So don't think you ain't going to perform my commandments. And he's going to help you. Sinners cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Got to be born again. Got to be blood washed. Got to be washed in the blood of Jesus. 
can't just ask for forgiveness every day. You have to be born again. Have to repent or turn from your sins and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior in order to receive the Holy Spirit. What is a sinner? James 4 and 17 says, when a person knows to do right, but does not do it. To him or her, it is sin. Paul said in Romans, the wages of sin is death. Not receiving the Holy Spirit, the wages of sin is death. He says the world cannot receive him. They can't receive him. And then he tells why. He says they can't receive him because first, first they, can't, they can't see him. Now understand, he's talking about a spirit. But see, when he said see, see him, they can't see the work of the manifestation of what he's doing. See, see, they'll be thinking it's coincidence. Or you had good luck. No, there ain't no luck. The Holy Ghost did this, sister. Your cousin be thinking, well, it just worked out for you that way. No, this the Holy Spirit. What you looking at is what the Spirit of God was sent to the earth to do. Yeah, Walker done took on a new leaf. Now, no, he ain't took on no new leaf to hold that spirit. Done got a hold to that boy. Then done changed him inwardly and outwardly. No, he ain't going to no 12-step program. God did for him in one day what he needed. No, he ain't confess, though he was an alcoholic, he ain't doing what they telling him talking about. You will be an alcoholic all your life. The devil is a liar. I'm a new creature. Second Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if anyone be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Oh, things. Have passed. Look or behold, he makes everything new. God did a work on TJ. God did a work on Dennis. God did a work on that girl. That's the reason she ain't hooking no more. That's the reason she ain't looking for a hit no more. That's the reason she ain't doing this, that, and the other in order to get effects. Why? God did a work on her. I didn't see God when he did it. It wasn't a God that you could see. It's a God that manifests himself in the works that he does. Look at somebody and tell them the reason I cleaned up so good. The Holy Spirit did a number on me. And he'll do a number on you if you are still in your sins. 
I said he'll do a number on you if you are still in your sin. He will change your life for the better. He will turn you completely around. He will take the taste of this, that, or the other out of your mouth and put a taste in your mouth for the things of God. All you have to do is ask him to do it because the Bible says whoever asks, it shall be governed. The world cannot receive him because they don't see him and they don't know him. They don't have a relationship with him. But this is one of the saddest things. You, you can be in the church and not have the relationship you need with the Holy Spirit. And, and see, I, I can tell the relationship you have with the Holy Spirit based upon how you talk. If if you are more concerned about what a person says than what God says, your relationship with the Holy Spirit is not where it should be. If you try to take on the pressures of life without allowing the divine helper to assist you, I know your relationship with the Holy Spirit is not where it should be. Man, I, I've had folks uh, that be arguing with me, and I, I've in the flesh be wanting to say something back. But the Holy Spirit said, "Look, don't you say anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take care of this." And when the Holy Spirit said that, I'll be like, "Oh, good God! They better hurry up and hush talking to me like that because ain't no telling what the Holy Spirit gonna do to them if they don't quit." You know the Bible says, "Touch not my anointed." You don't touch a child of God with your mouth and Woo, that's another subject. He said the world cannot receive because the world does not see nor know it. Don't have that relationship. He said, but you know it. See, see, when you're truly born again, you know that the Spirit of God is real. You know that the Spirit of God will help you. You, you know that, that there's no reason for you to panic just because everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. You, you just recognize that, that, that when such happens, it's just a job for your help. It's a job for your helper. Because the Holy Spirit was sent to you. To help you with things that you don't have the capacity to deal with on your own. Like it or not, there are certain things you can't deal with on your own. It takes the Holy Spirit to help you with it. There, there, there are certain things that, that even folk 
that are professionals in, in this, that, or the other will look at it and say, you know what, I'm a professional, and yes, this is what I deal with, but I just don't know what to do with this right here. It's too aggressive for me. It's too much going on. I, I don't know it. I'm trying to look at the x-rays. I'm trying to look at the symptoms, but I'm still boggled by this. But you never have to worry about the Holy Spirit being boggled. You never have to worry about the Holy Spirit wondering uh, 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 what's going on in your life. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what is going on. Why is that? Because... Your divine helper, based upon the text, is the spirit of truth. And let me deal with this and I'm going to be done. Your divine helper is the spirit of truth. Spirit. Spirit means, from a theological standpoint, breath of life. Anything God forms or starts making a molding, he'll turn around and breathe on it and cause it to become what it needs to become. In the book of Genesis 2 and 7, he formed man from the dust of the earth. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living soul. When it speaks about the helper being the spirit of truth, it's speaking about someone that is sent to breathe on you. Someone that is sent to breathe on you to the point to where it's going to revolutionize your life. It's going to change your life in such a way, even when the woman that birthed you looks at the finished product, she is going to be completely amazed. Some of us, when, when we look at ourselves in the mirror right now, a week we look at our life in totality. We are boggled by how God did such a work. Didn't God do a good work on you? Didn't he do something that's worth testifying about? Say to your neighbor, God done did such a work on me. I have to tell folk about it. I have to tell folk where I come from. I have to tell folk how God picked me up from the mid and miry clay and he placed me on a step. I have to tell folks how much I used to drink, but God fixed me up to the point to where I no longer have to have a drop. I don't even have to be around and I don't even have to have a sniff because he completely cleaned me up from the flow up. If I'm talking about you tell somebody he talking about me. God fixed me up. Am I still talking about you? He's the spirit of truth. That, that's the reason before the disciples even received the Holy Spirit. One day Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit and he breathed. 
He wanted them to know when the Holy Spirit comes that He was going to start breathing on them to the point to where their lives was going to be changed for the better. Even though Peter was a disciple, he did not have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of him. And so when temptation came, when it got rough, he denied the very one that had changed his life three times. But then on the day of Pentecost, when God filled him with the Holy Spirit, Peter not only stopped denying Christ, but he boldly proclaimed who Jesus was and boldly let folk know that he was Christian. Are you listening to me? That is something about the Holy Spirit when he breathes on you you don't think the same you don't talk the same you don't act the same I better say that one more time there is something about the Holy Spirit when he breathes on you you don't think the same you don't talk the same you don't act the same I thought I would have more witnesses over here I better go a little further there is something about the Holy Spirit when he breathes on you you don't think the same. You don't, you don't act. I better go over here one more time. There is something about the Holy Spirit when He breathes on you. You don't, you don't talk the same and you don't. Why? Because He is the Spirit. Get this, of truth. And you have to understand. When it comes to truth, first of all, according to John 14 and 6, truth equates Jesus. Because Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, second thing, the truth. I'm the truth. I am the truth. Then, of course, Jesus said in John 17 and 17, in a prayer, to the Father, sanctify them by your truth. And then he turned around and said, for your word is truth. The word is truth. See, every time you hear the scripture under the anointing, you are hearing truth. And see, the thing about truth is that the truth will make you free. Oh yeah, Jesus said in John eight thirty one and 32 to some Jews that were believing. He said, if you continue in my word, then will you be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. And listen to this. And the truth will, will connotes the promise, make you free. See, that's the reason when he breathes on you and you allow that breath to get in you, that it'll start changing your life for the better. Don't tell me you have the Holy Spirit and your life ain't being changed. Don't tell me you have the Holy Spirit and your mindset is not being changed. Yeah, I heard them little tongues you're speaking in. But if you are not being changed in mind, in talk, and in deed, don't tell me you have the Holy Spirit. Because when He breathes on you and the truth gets down on the inside of you, it'll make you free. And of course, God's freedom or deliverance is threefold. It first of all brings you out of whatever you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in. Second, it starts protecting you. It's a barrier. It keeps you from going back to doing what you used to do. From wallowing in what you used to wallow in. It keeps you 
in God. And finally, it causes you to prosper or it causes you to receive an ultimate wish of God. For third John 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul does prosper. You said that, but that was John. But remember what Jesus said that bears witness to third John 2 in John 10 and 10. The thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy, but I am come. Why? That you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Look at your neighbor and say, I want the divine helper. If you already have the divine helper, tell somebody, I thank God for having the divine helper of the spirit of truth. Amen. I'm done. Let's give the Lord. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.